back to this idea of love. Love is in the air. It's everywhere in the month of February, so we're going to run with that for the past few, uh, for the next few weeks. And before I go any further, I know that we have some singles in the room today, and they're like, oh, no, it's, you know, I'm, I'm showing up on a, on a message series dealing with relationships and love. Um, you know, when, I'll be back in four weeks. That, listen, it's not that kind of series. What we're going to be looking at is what it means to truly love God, to truly love others, okay? After all, this was the command of Jesus, right, to love one another, and Honestly, I try to teach on this commandment all the time because it's the big one. So let's start with that. Let's start there. And y'all know the story. I I share this story all the time. We focus on love here at the Ridge because we want you to experience the love of Christ, the love of a wonderful church family. But this all comes back to a time when somebody asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And we all know that there's the top 10 commandments, another top 10 list. But during Jesus' time, there were over 600 other rules that people had to follow. So a guy comes up to Jesus one day, and he's like, listen, if you could just you know, boil this all down to one thing, like if you, could, if you could sum it all up into one point, what would the greatest commandment be? And you know this verse. Even if you've never been to church before, you've probably heard this. In Luke 10, it says this. Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind. And then he goes on to say, and... The second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So here we go. We got love being the central key issue in the greatest commandment, loving God, loving others. Love expressed in two main ways, God and other people. That's the standard we're called to, and that's the standard by which one day we'll be called to give an account for. And Jesus goes on to say, listen, if you figure this verse out, like if you figure out what it means to love, to love well, to love like Jesus, to love God, to love other people. Man, everything else in life is just going to fall into place. Like everything else, all the other, Jesus actually put it this way. He said, all the other commandments hinge on this. Like you do this well, everything else works out. Let let, let me give you another verse that we're going to focus on. It comes from the Old Testament, Judges 5.31. It says this, let everyone who loves you, who loves God, let everybody who knows the love of God shine brightly like the sun at dawn. And I love that. What a beautiful verse. You see, I truly believe that if you know the love of God, you should express the love of God, right? You should shine brightly like the sun at dawn, like it says in Judges. So it's hard to know it and not show it. So what we're going to do as we start out, let's dive into what it really means to love, to, to live in such a way that we radiate. Wouldn't that be nice? Like, I think it would. But in order to talk about this, we have to be able to define love. And defining love is not easy. I mean, think about it for a minute. Really ask yourself the question, what is love? Like, really ask yourself, what is love? Or you may ask yourself this way. What is love? Excuse me? Okay, first service thought that was way better, okay, than y'all did. I like it. I thought that was funny. Y'all, yeah, some of y'all know, anybody know the Saturday Night Live? Y'all know the skit that I'm talking about? Okay, good. All right. Some of y'all got that. Anyway, what is love? What is love? Okay, that was cheesy. Let's keep going. Our culture defines love. <laughs> some of y'all are still laughing. Our culture defines love in different ways, okay? So, how do we define love? Because we see it exemplified in movies, television, songs, so many different ways. For instance, 
I can say every day that I love my wife, Shannon, that I love my girl, Savannah and Abby. But then in the same way, I also say that I love Guthrie's. <laughs> and I can't wait for the new one around the corner, right? Um, we declare our love for different things. Speaking of this, I remember a challenge that I made to, one of our, um, to our group on a marriage retreat that we went on. And I told everybody on this marriage retreat, we're talking about love for the weekend. And so I said, I want you to declare your love for your spouse. And so when you go out in public, here's what I want you to do. I want you to post a video or I want you to send me a video. And I want you to say, I love, fill in the blank, I love your spouse's name. I love and I want everyone to know it and say it as loud as you can. Disrupt whatever's happening around you and videotape it. And so I gave myself as an example. I said, for example, say, I love Shannon McElrath, and I want everybody to know it. And then Shannon leans in when I'm telling this in front of the group, and she said, but don't say my name. Because Shannon's smarter than I am, and she knew what was coming, right? And probably y'all do too. So for the rest of the day, I got videos of everybody declaring their love for Shannon McElrath. Which I'm sure there's something in the Bible about declaring love for the pastor's wife somewhere in Leviticus. And they will be judged for that one day. But I also told him, I said, listen, uh, post something that you love, but then say you love your spouse even more. So say, I love blank, but I love my spouse even more. So for me, I, I put, I love coffee, but not just any coffee, Dunkin' coffee. I was like, I love Dunkin' coffee, but I love Shannon even more. Someone put a skinny decaf caramel latte. I don't even know what that is. Others put shopping. Somebody put the Braves. Somebody put donuts. Somebody put the beach. Somebody put bass fishing. Uh, my favorite, though, is somebody put naps, which to me is real love, right? I love naps, but I love my spouse even more. Here's my point. We love different things, but we don't love them in the same ways, right? No, we, we use the same term to describe our feelings for certain things. And then we also say it about people. And we also say it about God. So what exactly is love? And the Bible has a lot to teach us about the meaning. So let's go back to the basics and let's just ask that question, what is love? And to help us define this term and to put some flesh on this topic today, we're going to turn to the book of 1 John. Now, 1 John is in the back of your New Testament. Don't get it confused with the book of John. Same author wrote them both, but he writes three letters at the end of the Bible, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. But it's a fantastic book. In fact, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, just all great. A lot of what he writes has to deal with love. In fact, just in eight verses alone, he mentions the topic 16 times. Okay, that's a lot of love. But what he does is he sheds light on what we need to know about the greatest commandment. So, Let's read what John has to say about what this really means, and let's discuss it, okay? So we look in chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love, here's the big point for point number one, love comes from God, okay? Anyone who loves, if you know what love is, you're a child of God, and you prove that you know God. But anyone who does not love does not really know God, for God is love. All right, let's fill in some blanks. Uh, if you brought those message notes in with you when you came in this morning, if you picked one up from the table, point number one, and if you're following along with us online, man, we're so glad that you're with us as well. You can find those on your message notes. What is love? Number one, love is from God. So, Trey, go back to that slide right before that one again. Let's go back to this verse right here. God is love. I want you to focus on those last couple of words because what John is saying here is, listen, there's a correlation here between knowing God and knowing love. He says if you know God, if you know who he is, well, then you know love. But, but if you don't know God, 
if you don't have a relationship with God, or if your relationship is strained with God, well, then it's hard to really know what love is. It's hard to understand it because God is love. That's the example we have. That's where we know it comes from. And as I say this, I realize that there are people here or maybe worshiping online that don't have a relationship with God. Or maybe your relationship with God is strained and you don't feel close to him anymore. What John is saying, listen, the closer you get to God, the more you know what love is. It's it's like his grace. It's it's the same thing with grace. It's the same thing with love. It's like stepping into a pool. That The deeper we get, the, 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 the further out we go, the deeper we get in grace and love. So the further out we go, the closer we get to God, the more, the the deeper we get just in understanding who he is and the amount of love and grace that he has for us. But there's something else I want you to notice about this verse, okay? Notice that it says God is love. It doesn't say God has love. Right, Because for me, if God has love, then we might conclude that there might be a time where he doesn't have love. There might be a time where he loses that love. I, I have a habit of losing things in life. I don't know if y'all are like me, but every now and then I, I just can't remember where I play stuff. I lose stuff all the time. In fact, um, Shannon won't let me carry our bags anymore when we're shopping. Um, and the main reason is because I'm not responsible. But, uh, but I have a habit of, after shop, of, while we're shopping, carrying bags of our purchases and laying them down so I can pick something else up. When I see new shoes, I went, ooh, I like these. You know, and I'll lay the bag down, and then I'll just walk away. I will just walk away and leave it. And I just don't do that with her bags. I do it with my bag. My greatest fear, too, is that somebody will say, Jimmy has it. Because and whenever I hear that, I'm like, ooh, what do I have? Because chances are I don't have it anymore. Like, I laid it down somewhere, right? If we're honest, when it comes to this idea of having and not having love, we can sometimes be that careless when it comes to the love that we carry for others. Because sometimes, really, sometimes we have it. And if I'm honest with you, sometimes we don't. Thank goodness God is not like us. So, so back to that original point, God just doesn't have love. No, it says God is love. Okay, that means his love for you, his love for everyone is forever, right? He'll never lose it. And maybe God brought you here this morning because you need to know that because I know there is this hard, there's this hard idea of trying to understand that God loves me anymore. And I know that a lot of people struggle with this. I just don't understand how God could still love me after everything. Maybe he brought you here this morning to show you that he is love. He doesn't have love, but that he is love. So that means that he's never lost his love for you. Sometimes we forget that, how much God loves us. In fact, scripture says that even before creation was made, he knew you. He knew all about you. Not only did he know you, you were a thought in his mind, but scripture says he loved you. He has loved you since the beginning of creation. God's word says he is love, not that he has love. So what is love? God is love. The more we know God, the more we understand love. Paul says it this way. He says, Christ's love is greater than anyone can ever know. But I pray, Paul's telling this, he's telling this to a church in Ephesus, he says, but my, my, my prayer is 
is that you'll be able to know that love. Like you'll understand that God is love because then you can be filled with the fullness of God. Paul's like, I want you to understand that God loves you. His love for you doesn't change. It doesn't come and go. It just always is. And the idea is, is that we empty ourselves so much, like we pour ourselves out, that we fill ourselves so much with the presence of God. We're looking for him. We're following after him. We're trying to get as close to him so that my life is so full of him that what comes out of me is that I radiate his love. So it just spills from me. As the psalmist says that we talked about earlier, that his love is so great in us, that his presence is so great in us, that we just radiate that love. Because that's who we are. Because that's who God is. Because we are in Christ. Rick Warren says, you know, it's kind of like a, a tube of toothpaste. Whenever you squeeze, whatever's inside is going to come out. And so the idea is when this world squeezes you, and this world will squeeze us all the time. Stress and loneliness and fear. When the world squeezes us, what comes out? The idea is what Paul is saying. I want you to know God so much. I want you to be so full of God that what comes out of you is love. Because that's who God is. So what is love? Number one, God is love. Let's keep going. In verse 9, John says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Now this, John says, this is real love. Okay, not that we loved God. Okay, so we're not basing it on our love because our love comes and goes. We, we already said this. We have it. Sometimes we have it. Sometimes we don't, right? It's not based on our love. Right? Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So point number two, what is love? Love is an action. That's what we see from God in his, in his example. God loved us so much that his love was put into action that he sent his son Jesus to become a sacrifice on the cross. And in one awesome display of mercy and grace... He takes away our sin. You see, the act of sending Jesus is a visible way that we could experience the otherwise hidden love of God. God's love for us, for you, for everyone is so strong that it moved him. It moved him to do something because that's what real love does. We understand that's what love is because that's what God did. Love drives us to action. Love's a behavior. It's not just an emotion because emotions come and go, right? John also says this in 1 John chapter 3. He says, our love should not just be words and talk. No, it, it's got to, he's like, it's not just words. It, it's got to be true love. And what is true love? True love shows itself in action. Because John knows what we all know. Talk is cheap. But when push comes to shove, man, Love only takes the true character of God out when it's acted out. So there's a cool story at the end of the Gospels. Y'all probably know this story. After Jesus was resurrected, he's cooking breakfast on the beach, and the disciples are out in the boat. Peter sees this Jesus. He jumps out of the boat, swims to shore, and they're all sitting around this coal fire while he is preparing breakfast for them, and they're eating with Jesus. Such a cool image here of going from the Last Supper before the crucifixion to now eating with Jesus after the resurrection. And it's at this moment that Jesus asks Peter if he really loves him. Do y'all know this story? Y'all remember this story? 
And I've always been taught that the reason Jesus asks Peter, he asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And the reason he asked him three times is because Peter had denied knowing Jesus three times. Y'all remember that story, right? He ran away. He was too scared. Denied Jesus in his moment of need. So this was a way of Jesus like reinstating Peter. And he said, asked him, do you love me? And do you love me? And do you love me? And by the third time, you can tell Peter's kind of getting a little antsy about this questioning because by the third time, he looks at Jesus and he says, Jesus, you know everything. You know my answer. You know that I love you. And Jesus, what catches me about this story is that Jesus tells him to do something. He's like, you say you love me? Well, then do something with it. And you probably know the story. He, he tells them first time, he says, feed my lambs. The second time, he says, take care of my sheep. And third time, he says, feed my sheep. And what Jesus is telling Peter to do is to care for his church, to, care, to love others. You see, what that story tells me and over and over again, we see this in Scripture, is that there's this correlation between God's love and caring for God's people. It's almost a requirement here for everyone who says they know God's love that you got to do something with it. That love drives us in action. It's not just an emotion. And God shows us this. Again, God is the great example that we have when we follow after his example because he sent. Scripture says he loved so much that he sent his son. So we should do the same. Love should drive us into action to where we're sacrificing our needs and our wants for others. Just as God did for us. So let's keep reading here. And you get to, get to point number three. What I want to do is I want to go back to how the Living Bible translates verse 7. I love this. John says, dear friends, let us practice loving each other. I like the way this says practice loving each other. Because point number three for us right now is that love is a skill. Love is a skill. And, and, and I'm saying this as something that we can always get better at. Okay, you, you might think you're already great at loving and you, you might be. And maybe you are, but again, there's always room to grow. Like I said, it's like entering into the pool. You can always get deeper and deeper as you go into the ocean, right? You can always grow closer to God and get better at it. And God wants that for you. In fact, we want to be known here at the Ridge as a church that loves, that is practicing loving all the time. We want to be known as a loving church, right? We don't want to be known just for the great worship from our band, although they are great. We don't want to be known just for the donuts and Panera out front, although they are great. We don't want to be known just for the amazing and handsome preacher, although he is great. <laughs> I'm just making sure y'all still with me, right? Y'all still there? I want people to say when they look at this church, man, they are like, that is the most loving church. Man, they practice loving. They love on you, whoever it is that come in. No matter where you're from, no matter where you are, they're going to love you. And not only do they love you, but man, they teach you all about God's love too. The reason I say all of this is because that verse says that we just need to continue practicing. You know, when we practice something, we always get better at it. I remember when I was little. I played peewee football. Can you imagine? Spent most of my time just running for my life. Wasn't any good at it. Didn't want to do it. And didn't want to go to practice. And if I didn't practice, well, then, you know, I couldn't be a part of the team. I couldn't prove to be on the team. Now, fast forward, I found a sport 
that didn't involve somebody twice my age slamming or twice my size slamming me into the ground. And that was tennis. And I enjoyed tennis. And I practiced and I was good at it. And the more I practiced, the better I got at it, the more I proved that I could be on the team. Now, this is how it works, right? We understand this with everything else in life. Practice makes perfect, or, or better than that, practice makes permanent. Practice makes us better. It makes us better. And people begin to see the more we practice love, the more we're trying to develop that skill in our life, it proves that we're a part of the team, right? It proves that we're a part of God's family. It proves that what we're filled with is the presence of God. So love is something that needs to be practiced. It's a skill that we develop. In fact, we want to be so good at loving that point number four, it becomes a habit. What is love? Love can be a habit in your life. I believe God wants you working on it so much that it's just a habitual kind of love that just comes in your life that when people think of you, they automatically think of love. Wouldn't that be great? Like he is the most loving and kind person that I've ever met. She is so loving and she is so Wouldn't that be great if that's how people described us? And maybe they do. But here's the deal. If you want to know if love is a habit in your life, here, here's a great way to tell. A truly loving person loves the unlovely. Let me say that again. A truly loving person can love the unlovely. In fact, this is what Jesus teaches us. In Luke 6, Jesus puts it this way. He says, suppose you love everybody that loves you. Should anybody praise you for that? This is Jesus' way of saying big whoop, right? Whoop-de-doo. Everybody loves those who love them back. He goes on to say, even sinners love those who love them, right? But here's the big deal. Like, this is when it changes. This is how you know that what you're practicing has become a habit. He goes on in the next verse. He says, but love your enemies. Like, if you're showing love for your enemies and you're doing for them, like you're doing good and kind things for them, man, then you will be children of the Most High God. You see, loving, loving the unlovely is hard to do. But like we said last week, nothing about being a disciple is meant to be easy. This life is not meant to be easy and comfortable. That's where we grow, right? And this is the kind of love that we should be after. Loving the person that irritates you. Loving the people who talk about you. Loving the people who don't have the same political view as you. When you're patient with someone who's irritable, when you're dealing with that clerk that's just being a jerk, when you've cleaned up for somebody and you're cleaning up their mess and they should have cleaned it up, when you offer forgiveness, even though you know they don't deserve it. You see, the idea is, is that the love of God, you are so filled with the presence of God that you just automatically loves them, love them. It's like a habit. It's like you don't know what else to do. It's like no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, what's going on, I just, I have to. I've got to love them. That's what we want, to be so good at this that it just, it forms this habit in our lives. So, so as we begin this series, let me, let me offer you this challenge here. With the, it goes along with point number four, really, of it becoming a habit. You know, for the next month, all eyes are focused on Valentine's Day. It's February. You'll see hearts and flowers all over the place. Most people say that it takes about a month to develop a habit. So let's take the month of February and, and try to work on that, okay? Read. How do we do that? Number one, read 1 John. 
Read First John. Read, read all books, First, Second, and Third John. They're, they're short. You could read them all this month, of course. It'd be easy to do. You could read them all in one week. Start there. Start by reading the book that has so much to say about love, written by the one that it says Jesus loved, okay? Number two, love the unlovely. You know, we don't have to look hard to find someone that's hard to love. Maybe you can start in the home. Maybe the home life isn't what it used to be and it's becoming more difficult to love. Maybe start there. Maybe for you, finding love in the home is not difficult. Jesus would say, well, that's not a big deal then. You know, continue to love, of course, but, but, but broaden things out. Look for a challenge. And it's not hard to find a challenge whether we're out in our daily activities or whether we're at work or whether at school. Finding messy people are easy because the world, all of us are messy. Okay? Finding someone to love that's difficult to love is easier to do each and every day. So, so seek that person out. And then the third thing is do something. Each day this month, choose one kind thing. Listen, how much different would our day be if we woke up in the morning thinking about that relationship that maybe we're struggling with? You know, whether that's our marriage, whether that's with our kids, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a work um, employee, maybe it, whoever it is. And just think, how, what is one thing I can do for them? Because let me tell you, emotions follow actions. The more we do, the more we'll love. That's just how it works. How much different would our days be if we just look for one thing, just one thing that I can do that will express love to someone else? So maybe try these things. Maybe try reading those three chapters or those three books of John in the back of the New Testament. Do something and love the people in your life that are difficult sometimes to love. And why do this? Why concentrate on this? It's because like we said before, it's part of the great commandment. It's who our God is. And it's who we want to be. Let's pray together. God, just thank you so much for being with us. God, I think we can all agree that we can all go further in how we love one another. So God, help us to work on our relationships, God. Pray for everybody here that has a broken relationship that needs some work. I pray for everybody here that has a hard time finding and sharing love for someone, some group in particular. God, help us to understand what it means to love you, to know you, to love you with our whole heart. Because through knowing you and loving you, God, we, we'll love each other even better. And God, I just pray for this church. I pray that this church would be known as a place that loves. So God, would you just pour more of yourself into our lives so that we can just overflow with the love of your son, Jesus Christ. God, may we just illuminate a dark world around us with the light of your love. God, may we radiate, as the psalmist says. And God, for anyone here that may not know you or hasn't accepted you or may feel distant from you and therefore it's harder for them to know your love. God, I just pray that you would work on them. God, I just pray that you would reveal yourself to them that they would know more of you and grow closer to you. God, we love you so much. Help us to live that love in the world around us. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things.
Amen.